Welcome to the Woman Warriors Podcast, where we're working to help you call a truce with your anxiety. The information in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. Now, here's your host, Elizabeth Cush, LCPC. Welcome back to the Woman Warriors podcast. Thank you for tuning in this week with my guest, Leslie Howard. And we are going to be talking about what she calls the magic of Pelvlandia. So we're going to be talking about the pelvic floor. Very exciting to me. As women, there's a lot that happens down there in our pelvic area. And I think it's important to bring some awareness and talk about these things openly. So that's what we're going to be doing. We'll be talking about her book, Pelvic Liberation. But before we get started, I just wanted to say thanks to all the listeners, subscribers, raters, and reviewers, followers on social media. If you would like to be in tune with what's happening with the podcast, feel free to follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Woman Warriors. You can also sign up on the website, womanwarriors.com, for bi-monthly blogs that include information about the podcasts. If you have not reviewed or subscribed to Woman Warriors, I'm asking you if you wouldn't mind doing so. In Apple Podcasts, you can click subscribe to this podcast and it just gets downloaded to your device each time there is a new episode. You can also leave a review and rate the podcast there too. It helps grow the audience. It helps Apple know that this is a podcast that women like to listen to. So they share it more often and it goes up in the rankings. So that's important too. So any ratings and reviews, I truly appreciate. And maybe one episode, I will read some of the reviews online. Who knows? It could be yours. If you have thoughts and ideas about what you'd like to hear on the podcast, please reach out to me through womanwarriors.com. Click on the contact me button and shoot me an email. For those of you who are local to the Annapolis, Anne Arundel County area in Maryland, I will be facilitating mindfulness groups for women this fall. If you're interested, please contact me. You can do that through my website, progressioncounseling.com or womanwarriors.com. Click on the contact me button and fill out an email and let me know you're interested. So let's get on with the show. Leslie Howard is an Oakland-based yoga teacher specializing in all things pelvic. She leads workshops and trainings nationally and has written a book about the female pelvis, Pelvic Liberation. She is a regular presenter for the Yoga Journal conferences and a regular contributor to Yoga Journal magazine. Her own struggles with healing her hips and pelvis led her to intense study of the anatomy, physiology, cultural messaging, history, and energetics of this rich place. 
Her teaching is informed by over 3,500 hours of yoga study with senior Iyengar yoga teachers. She considers Ramanand Patel her most important influence and mentor. She has designed two very successful studies for UCSF, the University of California, San Francisco, on yoga to alleviate incontinence and pelvic pain. So we're going to jump right in and talk to Leslie about our pelvis and her book, Pelvic Liberation. Hi, Leslie. Thank you so much for being a guest on the Woman Warriors podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Oh, I'm really excited. It sounds so funny. I'm so excited to talk about my pelvis, but no. <laughs> but I, am ex- I feel that way all the time. <laughs> I'm just excited to talk about your book and just about your journey as well, if you're willing to share some of that. And uh, so why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself and what has inspired you, you know, to write this book and to just really be a pelvic advocate? Uh, Well, like a lot of people's stories, you get, you know, things pick you, you don't pick them. (laughs) So true. Uh, (laughs) But um, I am have been a full time yoga teacher for over 20 years. And I study in the Iyengar uh, method, which is very based on precision and alignment. And um, But about, mm, I say like 12 years ago at this point, um, I was starting to have pelvic pain. And that manifested in that sitting for like more than 15 minutes in any, in any chair was becoming challenging. So driving was actually becoming a problem. Mm. Um, and then uh, my husband and I were having difficulty having sex. Uh, mm. It was painful. And so um, that wasn't fun. No. And I couldn't, I was kind of mystified why this was happening to me. And... Uh, Anyway, I'll, I'll condense the story. I mean, it's, I, I outline in my book, but basically I ended up going to an, uh, a physical therapist that specializes in pelvic floor. And if you specialize in pelvic floor, that means you usually have gone on for more training to do internal palpation. Uh, and so she, I went to her and she examined me and, you know, said, you know, the reason you're having pain is your pelvic floor muscles are so tight, you know, like that's why it's painful to sit. That's why it's painful to have sex. And I was like, what? My pelvic floor's tight? <laughs> right. I'm, like, I'm a yoga teacher. Like, how is that possible? Oh, my um, gosh. But that set me, that set me on a, wow, I really need to look at myself a little closer, mm. figuratively and literally. That, you know, I just started remembering all these things that had happened to me um, and, and this area of my body. And like a lot of women, I've had some sexual abuse in my past and I'd had surgeries and as a young person I had yeast infections and like all these things all you know just oh yeah you know I say I start my workshops by saying every pelvis has a story and it's you know it, it it will help you to actually write down the story of your pelvis because I think it contextualizes anything that might be going on um, with you, because a lot of times we vilify our body, you know, mm. we just sort of like, why is this happening to me? And why? Oh, my stupid, you know, we, I hear that all the time, my stupid hip or my dumb, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, wow, when I wrote down everything I could remember, I was filled with 
tears, but compassion from my body. I was like, wow, I've put my body through a lot or my body's been through a lot. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's the whole yoga principle that there's no separation between mind and body. And so, you know, there's some really good pelvic floor books out there that are technically fabulous, but there were no books talking about the emotional component of it and the you know, it's just like putting it all together. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, and so. to me, the most amazing, um, I don't know, whatever aha part of the book for me, I will admit, I have not read the whole thing, but I've glanced through That's most okay. of it's it. Not, it's not, I say, you know, read it, read the parts you need to read is what I say. You yeah, read. yeah. But to me, just your validating or acknowledging or just putting out there that, our, as women, like our pelvises go through so much, especially if, because so many of us have had, whether it's sexual abuse or sexual assault or some sort of trauma, you know, a miscarriage or a whatever, yes, like yep, there's yep. just so much potential so much. for, yeah, yeah. for, yep. yeah. 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 It's not that men don't have pelvic floor problems. They do. But I think women's pelvis is just because of menstruation and birth and pregnancies and just it's a little harder. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and so, you know, I'm a I'm a, a trauma therapist and so much of your trauma gets stored in which I, you know, in your body, but also in that pelvic area. Yeah. And, you know, until very, very recently, like most people don't even know it's there, you know, like it's never talked about. It's like, you know, I, I travel with a model, a 3d model of all, you know, a pelvis with all the muscles attached and people are like, wow, how come I've never seen that before? You know, we've all been to the gynecologist where they have like a model of the uterus, right? I mean, like that's like in every gynecologist's office, but the pelvic floor muscles, no. And they're actually voluntary muscles that you can, you know, if you practice, you can get in touch with them and you can stretch them and strengthen them just like, um, just like our biceps and our hamstrings, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So crazy. So I would, I had not even heard of the term pelvic floor until uh, I did a, uh, a like eight week long meditation for health practice. And they talked about, you know, breathe into your pelvic floor and talked about it being like your diaphragm and, you know, right. So talk to us a little bit. What is the pelvic floor? Why do we <laughs> need to know about it? What's important? Well, gosh, it's so important because it holds up uh, our internal organs. I mean, it's the bottom of our, if you, if you think the torso is like a grocery bag, it's the bottom of the bag. <laughs> so don't want to have, you know, don't want to have too many holes in your bag. We have a couple holes in our bag. So, so we need our pelvic floor to be the reinforcement, um, you know, for when we're in movement for sexuality for defecation for urination i mean like they're so i mean everything's attached fascially so you know so it's important from that standpoint but i would say even more important if i can say that is is i think the pelvic diaphragm which if you if i call all the muscles together the pelvic diaphragm is really where the breath originates Mm. Um, and you know, you can say, yes, you breathe into your nose, into the lungs, the lungs move the respiratory diaphragm and that's all true. 
but it needs something to reflect off of. And the pelvic floor muscles are what's in, you know, in, um, in conversation or in response to the respiratory diaphragm. So, so important for breathing, for good breathing. Mm-hmm. And many of us are very constricted. I, I say this as, <laughs> as a recovering gripper. Restricted. <laughs> um, you know, so many of us are very um, clenched and oh, tense yeah. and uh, shut off from that area. And so then our breath becomes shorter and less efficient. Mm. Um, and, you know, our emotional state is connected to our breath. Mm. Uh, you know, when we're upset, we go into hyperventilation or short breathing, and people say, calm down, take a deep breath. Well, you know, if your pelvic floor is really tight, guess what? You can't take a deep breath. Right. You know, right. that's actually something you have to work towards. Mm. Um, so um, I don't know if you want more of an anatomical answer. I can do that as well, but, you know, yeah. like what the pelvic or is but um, well yeah I mean uh, to just give people an idea of kind of I mean yes we know where your pelvis is but like where is the pelvic floor in your body so the pelvic floor um, is located between the pubic bone in the front the tailbone or the coccyx in the back and the two ischial tuberosities, in yoga we call them the sitting bones or sits bones, you'll hear those terms. Um, and if you think about those four points that create a diamond shape, and the pelvic floor muscles are basically attached to those bones. So you've got three layers of pelvic floor muscles, and the first most superficial one runs from the pubic bone to the tailbone. Mm-hmm. And the second layer runs from the sitting bone to the sitting bone. So front to back, then the left to right. And then the third one connects more front back. So again, connecting behind the pubic bone and to the sides of the coccyx. And yeah, and so they hold up uh, everything, really. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, you've talked about it, you know, well, what I've identified for myself is that my pelvic floor is pretty tight. And I know there's a lot of really good reasons for that, for my history. (laughs) But, yeah. uh, and so that can contribute to like painful sex, yep. you know, incontinence, incontinence. Um, yes. Feeling like yeah. you have to go to the bathroom all the time, yep. Yep. urinating irritable, frequently. Yep. yep. Irritable bowel syndrome, uh, interstitial cystitis, uh, pelvic pain syndromes like vulvodynia, vaginismus. Mm. Um, but so many women don't even know they have some of this stuff. They're not putting it. They're not connecting it with it because, and because we we don't talk about the pelvic floor enough. And again, it's changing. Yeah. I've been teaching this for twelve years now, and it's totally changing. But it's slow. The medical, the medical world is a little slow to change. So yeah. I'm going to say pelvic floor physical therapists know way more about this than than your gynecologist, which seems crazy. Right. <laughs> right. So you know how many how many exams, how many pelvic exams did I have where it was painful? And the doctor never, if the, had the doctor said, you know, you have a little bit too much tone in your pelvis, that might have, you know, set me off in a different direction. Yeah. But never was I told that. It was like I was kind of told, hey, can you relax more? Mm. Well, I guess not. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nothing to compare this to. I thought I was relaxed. You know? <laughs> right. um, yeah. Yeah. And so, so, and so, too, like, yeah, there's the 
too tight, but then, you and, know, and you can't be too loose, but that was for so long. That was kind of the prevailing, um, thought out there that, Oh, you're getting older, you know, gravity. Okay. Oh, you've had a couple, ch- you know, kids. Oh, you know, yeah. Pelvic floor. It's probably like, you know, kind of like a, a stretched out hammock. Right. And that actually can be true. But I find in the world that I teach in and live in, which is, of course, more yoga people. So it's more active people, I would say. People that are, you know, maybe uh, maybe coming to yoga because they're anxious. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I find much more people being in the tight category yeah. than the loose category. And it's really important to remember that tight does not equal strong. Tight is... A tight muscle is a weak muscle. It's a, a muscle that cannot work. Mm. So you can have a loose muscle that cannot work. You can have a tight muscle that cannot work. They, they're the same. They're just a different manifestation of the same problem. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So tight or loose isn't necessarily better or worse. It's just no. we want it to be neutral or. And then to make keep things spicy, you can also like be a little bit of both. So you could actually have one side of your pelvic floor that's too tight and then the other side, in response to that, has like twisted a little. If you if you could follow like the tailbone being pulled in one way or the sacrum mm. being, right? So then one side is is stretched out, and the other side is really tight. Um, and so that's not uncommon either. Mm. Uh, so, but too for so as you said that you know this sort of common uh, myth or whatever that as women as we get older our pelvic floor loosens, and it's totally normal to urinate when you yeah when you cough or sneeze or laugh yep i know at every gynecological exam i have like they ask so are you leaking when you cough and and i'm like no i don't but should i be (laughs) (laughs) right right well you're lucky um and then unfortunately though i'm glad they're asking that number one but if you had said yes uh I, i can't tell you the countless times Students have told me, and then my doctor told me to do cables, and they're and they're too tight. The mm. person is too tight. They're having incontinence because they're too tight. Wow. Which again, you know, you think things are leaking. How could it be too tight? But if your muscles are too tight, they can't work properly. So they're stuck in a shortened position. They can't help you. Mm. Um, so kegels so, are only making you tighten it up more. Totally. I can't tell you how many people I've seen that come to me. Oh, I'm leaking. My doctor told me to do kegels. And I'm like, oh, my God. Okay. You know, like after asking them more things and looking at their body and going through some yoga poses, it's like, this person's too tight. Mm. Um, so I was like, you know, no kegels for you. Stop <laughs> doing it. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, they can be counterproductive if, um, you know, if done with the wrong, the wrong condition, as well as I'm going to say that, uh, in my experience teaching, you know, people like kegels, Hmm, what's that? You know, like, you know, squeezing everything. This is what I hear. Squeezing everything. Like squeezing, like what? Well, you know, down there. (laughs) And so, you know, people could be squeezing their butts and not really realize it. People could be squeezing their anal sphincter and think they're squeezing their whole pelvic floor, but really it's just the sphincter, you know? So, you know, some of my teaching is you got to really slow down and really feel what's going on. Mm. Like when I think I'm lifting my pelvic floor, am I lifting my pelvic floor? Um, you know, my, my, uh, physical therapist that I talk to refer back and forth to, um, they tell me that one in three women, when they're asked, they're in the office with the PT, uh, can you do, show me what you think a kegel is? 
Mm-hmm. One in three are bearing down and they think they're lifting up. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, I get I get emails like, I'm doing 100 kegels a day. It's making things worse. Can you help me? I should stop doing kegels. Oh, uh, you know, so I suggest to my students, you know, get a mirror out. You know, do what you think a kegel is. See what you, what's happening down there. <laughs> is anything moving? Are you bulging out? Because that's not productive. Oh, uh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, really so be really, getting familiar with like, what is down there? Yes. And what am I doing? Yeah. Yes. And culturally, we don't support that. And also, you know, let's just face it, women's anatomy is not as accessible as male anatomy. <laughs> that know? is the truth. So it's like, you know, we got to get the mirror and the flashlight, we got to get ourselves into some contorted position, you know, uh, depending on your body architecture, you might be like, okay, I'm going to put the mirror on the floor. And just, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's not easy. <laughs> right. And put my glasses on so I can see exactly. what it is I'm looking right. at. Right. And make sure all the doors are locked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, so, so. So pelvic tone can be a combination, it could be one or the other, but if we're not more aware of what the tone is, then we could be having these symptoms that are completely related to it, but we're not aware of that. Correct. Yeah. And so how do you, how does yoga help? How do you help the clients that you work with, you know, get better and tuned and tone their pelvic floor? So the people coming to me can vary from, hey, I did you know a search about pelvic floor and I found you, and they they ha- they don't have a diagnosis. They have symptoms, no diagnosis, as well as I've had people who've been to you know I've been to ten doctors and I finally just figured out that my pelvic floor is too tight or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it varies person to person. So the first thing I look at is their what are their symptoms, because uh, symptoms will often tell you what's really going on. And then looking at their mobility of their pelvis, legs, um, lower back area. And, um, and then, you know, I have, I've developed a couple different ways to try to heighten your awareness of this area. Mm-hmm. And so I think what's different about yoga than going to the medical world, not that you shouldn't go to the medical world. And again, I, pelvic floor, if you get a pelvic floor PT that knows that's good, I mean, they're worth their weight in gold. Yeah, um, they they can do things I you know I can't do legally. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> so, but you know, a lot of them, you know, they only have three visits or something, and by insurance, so they get they often get passed to me, um, or they, or they might start with me, and I say you got to go see the pelvic floor PT because mm. you know you need both. Right. Um, but what yoga can do is get is empower the um, the student, the patient, whatever you want to call them, the client to take control of their own health and to tune into their body on a much more subtle level. You know, the di- like if you go to a PT, let, let's say, you know, you strain your knee, you know, and they're going to give you like, do these three exercises and that'll strengthen this muscle around your knee that's giving you a problem, right? Right. And so that's kind of the medical approach. That's the medical model. Um, so you go to a pelvic floor PT, they're doing a little bit more comprehensive because they're doing internal work and they may encourage you to um, massage your own internal muscles, which I highly believe in. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, they have an hour, whereas, you know, if they come to me and I give them a yoga program to do, um, that's a little more comprehensive mm-hmm. than going to the PT. I mean, the best thing is to is if you can go to a pelvic floor PT mm-hmm. um, and get a diagnosis so mm-hmm. that you don't have any doubt of 
you know, and what we're working with. But yoga, I can give you a full yoga program. We can, you know, put poses in, take poses out. You know, it, it can be a little more tailored. Mm. Uh, and, and I think more empowering. You know, if you're going to a PT, you're going to them for them to help you do the work, right? right. Um, hopefully, if you're coming to me for yoga, I'm saying to you, one of the first things I say is, be honest, how many minutes a day will you do this? Because if you really only have 10 or 15 minutes a day, good, glad. Tell me, tell me that's the truth, and we'll come up with a 15-minute program for you. But if you have an hour, okay, you know, we can do so much more. Yeah. Or how about I give you two different programs, and you only have 15 minutes a day, but you do this one every other day, and you do this one every other day. So, yeah. yeah. And I think the cueing for yoga is a little more um, mind-body. Mm-hmm. Yes. In a medical profession. And so, yeah. you know, there's, we don't, we don't need any more proof that they're connected. And I'm not saying that PT doesn't, doesn't uh, connect mind and body, but, um, but that's what yoga does. Like that's, the, yeah, that's what yoga does. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I know that in the book, there are actually, you know, exercises, you have very clear sort of step-by-step instructions on some of the poses and things that you can do to help you tone your pelvic floor. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Are there or other... Relax it. Or relax <laughs> or, it, right? Whatever you need, yeah. Whatever you need. Are there other resources out there that you feel like would be important that you know, obviously your book is an amazing resource, but are there other resources for people who want to know more about pelvic floor tone and, or, you know, working um, with their I pelvic say, floor? Uh, a pelvic floor PT, a pelvic floor physical therapist, and not everybody has one in their area. You know, like in the Bay Area where I live, there's a lot of them. But if you live in, you know, a small town in maybe Indiana, there might not be one. You might have to drive two hours, which is going <laughs> to, which is going to eliminate all the benefit you had of going. You know, <laughs> right? So, you know, there's a lot of online resources. I have online classes. Um, nice. Uh, there's a P, there's a PT named Isa Herrera. Uh, she wrote a, a book about pelvic pain from a PT perspective that I think is pretty good. Um, uh, you know, it goes into more technical detail than I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you wanted to learn more, let's see what else. I mean, there's a couple books uh, on pelvic floor out there besides mine. I would say ESA's is my favorite. And then if you want to explore the emotional side of it, there's a book that's n- that has no pictures, no technical, called Wild Feminine, mm-hmm. which is all about like the emotional side of it. Oh, wow. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, and I so, think... Yeah, I think my book was trying to be a hybrid. It was kind of like, okay, there's nothing out there that does both. It's either... It's this one that has no pictures, no, like, technical descriptions, no poses. Uh, and then there's the one written by the PTs that are, like, very... All technical. technical. Yeah. 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 So. And, and I, you know, for me, I think having... Well, I thought having the pictures was super great, but I also liked your personal stories and sort of the exercises you include to help you kind of just have a better way of, yeah, connecting and can connect the dots into like, you know, why maybe my pelvic floor is super tight or not or whatever. Right. 
yeah. Right. Connecting the yeah. emotional with the, yeah. the physical. Yeah. It's so common um, for, I, you know, I have a lot of, I do a training also for yoga teachers or PTs or midwives or whatever. Um, you know, a lot of different people come, but I do a training how to teach the pelvic floor yoga that I, that I've developed. And um, so many of the students have come to me saying, you know, I came to this training because I was thinking I want to help women with this issue. And I realized that I actually have an issue. Like they would come mm-hmm. not even realizing. Oh, yeah. They had a bunch of stuff going on. And they're just kind of like, wow, like, you know, this is so open to my eyes. To, I believe it. I yeah. believe it. Because yeah, we're really, just so out of touch with that part yeah. of our body, really. Yeah. I know the culture I live in is very... Um, bifurcated it's you know it's like sex 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 and uh, babies and and besides that though you know don't talk about your pelvis if anything's going wrong with it we don't really want to know um so true so and then i think it creates a lot of shame and embarrassment in this area and i'm just out there like saying let's just talk about it it's just another body part okay (laughs) right right and it doesn't have to necessarily conform to whatever Right. Social yes. pressures we are feeling these days about what, exactly. how it should look and smell and exactly yes. behave. Be happier about the Me Too movement, and there's the Wall of Vagina art project, which I think is awesome. Oh my gosh! Uh, if you don't know about the Wall of Vagina, check it out. Uh, I don't. It's, um, uh, it's a, a it's a male artist, but he's got a great story. He said. Um, my girlfriend was complaining about what her vulva looked like. And I said to her, like, how many have you seen? Like, you know, like <laughs> why are you not happy? You know, he's like, this is so messed up. Like, really? Um, and so he, he did this art project where he asked for volunteers and he got um, 600 castings of different vulvas, one by <sighs> one castings. And he put them on a wall. And he's like, you know, women don't get to see what other women look like. And they think that something's wrong with them. And he's like, you know, they're vulvas are just as different as you know faces right or penises right Right. i mean they're not all the same either no so i I thought that was a really great um very empowering uh, art project that's very cool i will provide a link in the show notes to that (laughs) yes yes, i'm pretty sure there's actually a little youtube video on it oh that's cool well i just wanted to read um before we explore how people can find you I just wanted to read a little clip from a little quote from your book. Um, you said, you say, we all know that body language is an important part of how we communicate with others. But recent research reveals how much body language also communicates to the self. It not only tells others about who we are, but it in turn shapes the way we think and feel about ourselves. And I just feel like that just, I don't know, it just, if, if we're not tuning into how our body is feeling and what we're thinking about it, like it, it's hard to really f- be in touch with ourselves. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. And yeah, I mean, yeah, I have so much to say about that. I don't know where to go. But um, in my last newsletter, I just wrote about, um, you know, how posture, like the posture of the iPhone posture, you know, the head forward. Um, you know, the impact of that on the pelvis is if your head is forward, you basically are sitting on your tailbone. 
Mm. which is if you do that enough, your pelvic floor will just decide, oh, I guess I'm supposed to be this far forward. I guess I'll just shorten up so that I'm in this <laughs> like permanent position of pulling my tailbone forward. Oh, my goodness. And, and I really, I see that a lot. So I see the, you know, the youngsters with their phones and I'm just like, oh, oh my goodness, what are we doing to our pelvises? Yeah, yeah. Mm. And yeah, well, and it's funny because... You know, I've been working with one of your students, Julie, and um, it's got me really thinking about how, like, I, I sit all day because I'm a therapist, and okay. I'm, like, I'm like, my chair is terrible for my pelvis. Right. Yep. <laughs> I need to yep. start looking for a better one. Yeah. 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 I mean, like, we all have the classic, you know, um, picture in our head of, like, a depressed person, right? Their chest is collapsed. Mm. Right. Yeah. yeah all sunken forward. in. Yeah. yeah. So like our emotional state, you know, again, is, is, did the emotional state come first or did the posture come and, and give and contribute to the emotional state? You know, I, I think these are questions that are unanswerable, but they're certainly worth pondering. Yes. Um, and can posture help change our emotional state? I think so. I think so. I definitely mentioned in my workshops how like, you know, think about when does a dog sit on its tail when mm-hmm. it's afraid when it's ashamed right. um, you know is there an emotional component to us constantly pulling our tail forward and under us mm. um, yeah I think so yeah yeah so yeah so let's wag our tails a little bit more <laughs> totally that's definitely <laughs> in my campaign <laughs> so how to tell what would it look like and- <laughs> And, and, and wear it proudly. <laughs> exactly. So uh, how do people find you, Leslie? Uh, well, easy to remember is pelvicfloryoga.com. Um, you can find me that way. It'll get you to the same place as lesliehowardyoga.com, but you might not know how to spell that. So. Awesome. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. And, and your book, Pelvic Liberation, I'm assuming, I mean, I got it on Amazon, so I'm assuming. It's available on my website if you want to support small businesses. Oh, very cool. <laughs> but, but also available on Amazon, uh, but I provide free shipping too, just FYI. Nice. And um, it's also, you can get it on Kindle. So if you're an e-reader, it's Kindleable. Um, so yeah, so those are ways to get my book. Cool, cool. Yeah. Well, I will provide links to your website and the book and all the resources we talked about. Do you have anything that's coming up in the near future that you would like to talk about in your business? Um, well, let me ask you, uh, who is your audience? So my audience is um, anxious women, women who <laughs> yeah. worry, people yeah. who are yeah. overwhelmed, yeah. overstressed, sure. overanxious, okay. uh, you know, and right now, I would say uh, there, I have listeners in Canada, Great Britain, and the right. U.S., so right. that's okay. primarily so, my audience. So, you know, I have, I do um, workshops, my general workshop, kind of my introductory workshop all over the world, mm. and so you can find my schedule on my website, but I also have been training people to teach this method, and I have a list of those people on my website, so it's listed by state and country. Mm. Um, you know, it's it's not huge, but it's not small. It's growing. Yeah. Um, so if you're interested in actually experiencing a workshop, you could either come to one of my workshops or one of my students' workshops. And um, and if you're a 
you know, as I said, a yoga teacher, a Pilates teacher, a midwife doula, physical therapist, enlightened doctor. Those are all the people that make up my training. So I have a training coming up in September, a 20-hour training. It's four days. And, you know, we delve deep into the subject and we go through all the therapeutic um, application of yoga and breathing practices, which, um, you know, I did talk a little bit about the pelvic floor and how important it is to breathing. But, you know, a lot of us are just really bad breathers and don't even know it. Yeah, yeah. And that's a huge, huge part of anxiety is our breath pattern. Oh, yeah. When you're all stuck up in your chest and shallow breathing. (laughs) Exactly. And breathing fast. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Well, I will also provide a link to that training. I assume it's on your website. It is. And I appreciate your supporting my work and and supporting um, all the anxious people out there. Oh, oh, Um, yes, yes, yes. There's there's much to be done. There is. There is. So every little bit helps. And I just really appreciate your taking the time. I know you were on vacation, but I really appreciate your taking the time to talk to us today. Happy to do it. Happy to do it. Let me know if you have any other questions. And um, thank you. Well, that was really great. I so enjoyed talking to Leslie about our pelvis and the pelvic floor and why it's important to get a little bit more in tuned with our pelvises because it they can create some anxiety for us. You know, if things are painful or we're urinating when we're coughing or sneezing or sex is painful or whatever, if we are not exploring what's going on for our bodies and our ourselves with compassion and curiosity, it can feel really overwhelmingly anxious and I are overwhelmingly stressful. And I just think exploration, talking about bringing things into the light really helps us normalize what's happening for us as women in this over-anxious, overwhelming, stressed-out world. So I hope you got something out of that interview. If you want to know more about Leslie, please check out the show notes for links to her book, her website, and her trainings. I also wanted to mention that one of Leslie's current students is my private yoga teacher. Her name is Julie Blamfin of Stretch Your Spirit. Julie will soon be launching a program called Celebrate the Pelvic Floor. You can find out more information on her website at stretchyourspirit.com. I hope you all bring some awareness to your magical Pelvlandia in this coming week. Ciao for now from This Woman Warrior. Thanks for listening and subscribing to the Woman Warriors podcast. Music was written and performed by Andy Cush. If you'd like more information on this episode, you can find the show notes, the resources shared today, and links to the guests' profiles at womanwarriors.com.